Good evening, church. I have a question for you. I want you to give some thought to it. Question is, what is a Christian's responsibility and what is man's end? A Christian's responsibility is to preach the gospel to every creature and to glorify God forever. Man's ultimate end is death and he will wait till judgment day to determine where he will spend eternal life. Also, I know we're going through a transitional period right now, but even so, we must be able to stand firm and preach the gospel, the true gospel. When you're at home and looking through your Bibles, look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 through 17, and Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. Both of those speak to um, standing firm as Christians and what will happen to us if we don't. Tonight we're going to look at the definition of two words. Um, the first is unto. It, there's unto and into. Most of the uh, belief, repentance, and confession is unto salvation. Baptism is into salvation. Turn to Luke chapter 11. We'll read verses 5 through 9. Then he said to them, Suppose one of you have a friend and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine is on a long journey and coming to me, and I have nothing to set before him. The one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked. And my children are already with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him the bread, but because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Because of his importunity or urgent request. The analogy shows that the man came unto his house, knocked on the door, but the man did not receive the bread until the man of the house received him into his house and fulfilled his request. That's the way it is with Jesus. We can believe one of the steps to salvation, we can repent and we, and we can confess. But until, <clears throat> but until we take the final step, baptism, we are not received into the blood of Christ and added to his church. In obeying the gospel, the first three steps are unto but the final thing is to obey, is into, which is baptism. The four steps to salvation are belief, repentance, confession, and baptism. Let us look at the dictionary definitions of salvation. The first uh, is, it defines salvation as deliverance from death and sin through faith in Christ. That's a New Testament definition. 
Old Testament definition is deliverance from temporal evils or earthly destruction. In the Old Testament, God is figuratively called salvation in Psalms 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Let's look at how we are uh, receive how we receive salvation and are added to the Lord's church. You can realize that they fit together as like a puzzle. You can't do one without the other. In, another, in other words, you can't receive salvation and not be added to the Lord's church, or you can't be added to the Lord's church and not receive salvation. And also in receiving salvation, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The first step unto salvation, belief. We know the story of Paul and Silas being in prison. And at midnight, while they were singing and praying, an earthquake occurred. And the doors of the prison were opened. After the jailer was assured that no one had escaped, he came to Paul and Silas and ask, what must I do to be saved? Paul answers, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Turn to Acts 16, 29 through 31. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, fell on his knees before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out from the jail and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Paul answers the jailer's question by telling him, Whosoever calls on the name of the Jesus Christ shall be saved. What does Romans 10.13 say, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This illustration I'll give you may make this a little clearer for you. If a man were suffering from a curable disease but didn't know what to do and a friend told him to go to a certain physician to gain the cure, he would believe that the physician had the cure before calling on him. So Jesus says, believe in me before calling on me to be saved. Question, how does one call upon one he does not believe in? Romans 10, 14, and 15 says, how then can they call on one they have not believed? And how can they believe in one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching the gospel to them? And how can they preach the true gospel unless <clears throat> they be sent? There are those who beg to differ with me on this point. But I believe, and I believe it's in Scripture, that God will choose and send one from his church to teach an unbeliever who is searching for the truth. As it is written in God's word, 
How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So unless you obey all of the orders of, that the physician has given you for you to be cured, you may not receive, get, be cured from the disease that you have. So it is that Jesus expects us to obey all of his commandments in order to be saved, even though we are told to do four things in order to be saved, salvation is a gift from God, and Jesus paid the price through his shed blood. Every blessing, all blessings, enjoyed by man, whether spiritual or temporal, had to be paid by someone, and that someone was Jesus Christ through the shedding of his blood. Turn with me to John 3.16. There's probably not a person in this audience that does not know this scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have eternal life. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9. And by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, that no man should glory. As you see, it is a gift given by Jesus Christ, but it is of no value unless we accept it which we have to do in order to obtain eternal life. Turn to John 14, 15, which says, Christ said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That means all of them as we find them written in God's word. Let's look at repentance. What is meant by repentance? Repentance means to change one's mind to turn away from your sinful way and live righteously for the Lord. Repentance takes place after one is sorry for their sins and determined to change. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 says, For godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation, a repentance which bringeth on regret but the sorrow of the world produces death. Paul writes in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, Or do you despise the goodness of his riches and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth to repentance? Both John and Jesus preached repentance. Turn to Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Turn to Luke chapter 24, verses 46 and 47. He told them, This is written, Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentant, 
repentance and forgiveness will be preached in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. On the day of Pentecost, Peter spoke to repentance. Turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 37 and 38, also in Acts 3.19. When the people heard this, they were cut to their hearts and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus, every one of you. He didn't say some, he said every one of them. In the name of Jesus for forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promises for you and your children and for all who are far off. For all who the Lord thy God shall call. Turn to Acts 3.19. Repent and turn to Jesus so that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And Acts 17 verse 30. The times of ignorance God once overlooked. But now he commands men that they should all everywhere repent. The next step unto salvation, confession. Turn to Romans chapter 10, verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We must not only believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, but we must make that confession to all that are present. And if you do believe and have repented or turned away from your sins, your sinful practices, you should want to make that confession before men. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. And in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, he says, Everyone who shall confess me before men, him will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. The story of the Ethiopian eunuch, which I know you all know, who was traveling back to his homeland and reading from the book of Isaiah and how Philip, through the Holy Spirit, was sent to him and how he preached to him Jesus. As Philip preached to him, they came upon a body of water. And in Acts 8, 36, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch says, here is water, what hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said to him, if thou believest with all thy heart, thou mayest. And he made the confession and answered and said to him, I believe with all my heart that Jesus is the Son of God. Let's look at baptism, the final step to be received into the blood of Christ, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and be properly added to the Lord's church. The first steps we looked at were 
all unto. Now we go into. As you notice, these other steps run to salvation. But now let's look at how we get into the church and, be, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Turn to Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. As, as many of you that were baptized into Christ did put on Christ, it is obedience to this final command to receive salvation that one must do and become a Christian and is added to the Lord's church. It is through baptism that we come in contact with the blood of Christ. Now, a lot of people say baptism is not necessary or it can be done after you're saved. But if you're not in the blood of Christ or you don't come in contact with the blood of Christ, how are you going to be saved? Turn to Acts chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. It says, in him and in him alone, alone is their salvation. To be baptized or fully immersed into the blood and added to the Lord's church. Turn to Acts 2, chapter, Acts 2, verse 40. Peter warned them, saying, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his words were baptized, and there were about 3,000 added to their number that day. As we see, those 3,000 were added to the Lord's church. And believe me, they were not added to a man-made church, and they know what they were being added to. Wouldn't you want to be added to that one true church? Well, you can. If you desire to do so, you can come forward as we sing the invitation song, and your confession will be taken and you will be baptized. Also, if you have need of prayer or problems or any other struggles that you may be going through, also come to the front and talk to one of the brothers. Those needs can be dealt with also. So please stand and sing the invitation song that has been selected.